0: What's up guys, welcome back to a new episode of 3 Guys 1 Couch, we're kicking off a new year, a new draft. I'm here, the uh, MLB MVPs, and with me my co-host...
1: What's good? It's Colorado Crush. It took a second, I didn't know you... uh, I thought you were going to introduce me, I didn't think I had to introduce myself.
0: No, way too much chivalry.
1: As the uh, five-time champion of the league, I think everyone should know my name by now. Yeah. Is it 5 or 4? You lose track when it gets that high. 5, I think. I think the so, too. The only man to ever 3-peat. No one's going to take, right. no take my crown. And I'm coming I mean, back I, for it again this year.
0: If I win this year, is it technically a 2-peat? Or is it like a 1.5-peat? What are we really do about that? You're going to have to
1: fight Frankie. Because if you 2-peat, that means that his, his win doesn't count.
0: Right. But I mean, you know, I did suffer the last pick for my draft order. So you would think, you know, I'm the reigning champ. We all know
1: Frankie's win doesn't actually count. <laughs> and
0: unfortunately, he's not here to defend himself. So I guess that's it. I guess that's all there is to be said about that. As Mike
1: would say, it is decided. It is decided. So, right, so
0: what do we have in store today?
1: Yeah, I think we're going to talk about the draft a little bit. We're going to recap it, uh, go through every single pick one by one for six hours. We're going to actually take the amount of time discussing each pick that I took the person to make that pick. So uh, we'll spend about, what, two seconds on each of Michael Hoggrow and Nick Miller's pick, and uh, everyone else will get about two minutes.
0: Yeah, yeah, that seems about right.
1: The The Zoomers... And that's what I'm going to call the people on who are on the Zoom. <laughs> uh, they were great in terms of how quick they were picking. So great job, guys! Uh, everyone else in the room, not so not so great, not so great.
0: Hey, man, I, I did a decent job.
1: Between between hosting, you know, you did host
0: picking a beautiful team.
1: We'd be yeah. uh, we'd be remiss to not bring up the star Freddie of the draft, and I'm not talking about Peralta. I'm talking about Freddie's Pizza.
0: Yep.
1: with the Slice. Grandma, vodka, slices, Grandma vodka Slice. Did you create that, or is that actually on the menu? That's on the menu. Yeah, I
0: definitely... I'm too scarred after the uh, Apple Pie McFlurry incident to ever get creative with a menu request ever again. But we can save that story for another time. Uh, we don't have to get into it here.
1: <laughs> we've, had, we've had great draft day foods over the years. We've had yeah, we really Baba have. Ganoush. We've had Freddy's Pizza. Forget hint what of else. Lime. Hint of line. Well, hint of line is, is a staple. That shows Always. up at every draft, and and I just get my hands dusty. And then I suck off the line dust one by one. That's
0: the secret. That's the secret to drafting a uh, a perfect team.
1: Exactly. Um, well, you know who didn't have the Freddy's pizza was all of you who ordered Buffalo Wild Wings. You guys missed out. Except for Frankie, who double dipped. I know, Frankie the uh, the monster that
0: should be morbidly obese. <laughs> But instead is uh, just drafting a (laughs) Kilbadou.
1: Came hungry for (laughs) baseball and food. Uh, And he tried his first nut, I believe, too, after the draft. He did. He did. After
0: finding out he's not actually allergic to pecans, walnuts, and the Brazilian tree nut, uh, he had a famous Amos chocolate chip pecan cookie. And uh, he didn't die, so I think it was okay.
1: Yeah. You know, you know what they say about uh, Frankie and his draft? Blind squirrel finds its nut every once in a while.
0: I don't think anyone says that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but is, is a blind squirrel gets his nut every once in a while? <laughs> I don't know. I think people
0: stopped saying that probably around the 1970s. So. Uh,
1: it's still, the Zoomers probably still say it. Yeah, yeah definitely it's the Zoomers. The Zoomers. Yeah. Um, well, the draft uh, didn't. The actual draft part, the, the food went as I expected, but the draft didn't go as I expected, especially the first round. Not at all. Um, so let's start at the top. Jacob DeGrom.
0: Yeah, um, I think that was like 50-50 there. Right? I think it was a so, great pick. Yeah, it was a great pick. But um, I probably would have guessed he was going cold just because he's a Yankee fan. But you can't really go wrong with any of those three pitchers there, I don't think, personally.
1: Well, the question is, does... Jeff's Yankee fandom come before spiting Gilembo? And I tend to think no. It didn't.
0: It didn't. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know the answer, but it definitely didn't. You kind of
1: want to see Gilembo suffer more than you want to be happy. For sure. Seems to be the thought. It was
0: fun watching him, you know, be sad about picking Garrett Cole. And every time he gives up a homer you know, it's going to be just that much more pleasant.
1: We all felt so bad about him having to pick Garrett Cole. All of us who are at the end of the draft. I know, me at the 11, watching (laughs)
0: 15 pitchers go off the board.
1: Um, I mean, the the start kind of went as expected, right? The top three pitchers, there's no surprise there. DeGrom, Cole, Bieber. Uh, Number four, I think this was a bit of a surprise. Mike Trout at number
0: four. Definitely a bit of a surprise. I think before the draft... You and me talked a little bit about this maybe being the hardest first round place to pick, just because there's a clear tier with those top three pitchers in our league and then after that, it's kinda unclear who who the next guy is. And I think Hagro probably did, you know, the safe thing here and just locked up Mike Trout, you know, monster hitter, one of the best to ever play the game and didn't have to worry about, you know, which pitcher to pick out of a hat and hope that that one didn't get hurt or, you know, didn't bust this year.
1: Now, keep in mind, this is also Michael Hogbro, who two years ago went, what, three starting pitchers in a row? So it's definitely a shift away from a traditional strategy that he used to deploy back before he, I think he went seven hitters in his first draft. So he he definitely is a more balanced team this year than any previous year. Um, Yeah, that's a good point. But I do wonder why Trout, right? So the way I kind of view it, there were a couple of big hitters there, Trout, Betts, Soto, even throw Acuna in there. Uh, I wonder why Trout over the others. There has to be something about him.
0: I think it's probably just the track record. You know, it's Mike Trout. And it's also pretty fun, I would imagine. I've never gotten to pick Mike Trout, but I think, you know, it's like the Kershaw factor from like, you know, five, six years ago. It's like, even if he's not going to be number one he has a good chance to be and you know he's going to be good and it's also just fun to be able to say you have him on your team
1: yeah into uh St. Mark's sly sleepers go to lucas giolito uh returning back to that team from last year in the yeah. season. even though daniel didn't make the playoffs last year daniel going back to the same player
0: and he tried to trade him i don't know if you remember he did he try to trade to him. a three-way trade you know, you
1: want to give up Giolito. So that three-way trade actually would have ended up working out well for everybody. I don't yeah. know who would have worked out best for, but it, was, it included Giolito, Machado, and Trey Turner, all who had ended up having great yeah, end of the years. Um, yeah. So that would have been a fun trade to do. Uh, alas, never came to fruition. Uh, into my pick at number six, where I took Max Scherzer, which I think was probably a surprise for some people.
0: I think, yeah, this was definitely one of the first big surprises, I think. I've had a couple people text me that they were surprised that you went Scherzer. Oh, did you? Did you? Yeah. I think because, you know, going into the year, the rankings from a lot of websites don't have Scherzer in this spot. But I do like the pick.
1: You, you, know, you know why? Because I'll, I'll give you a little bit of secret, and don't tell anyone else. The rankings suck. don't tell anyone that but the rankings are hot trash and i'll trust my my rankings and as mike says i watch him as says did you watch the game because i watched him and edwin diaz sucks (laughs) um but no i look scherzer i think uh and it's a general theme that i had coming into the draft is i thought that people were going to overrate what happened last year I will go off of a seven year proven track record of Max Scherzer scoring over 19 points per game rather than last year, where he scored 15 points per game um, in 10 starts with a 355 batter, which was second highest since 1950. Wow. Among qualified stars. Now, obviously, to qualify, you needed fewer starts last year than any previous year. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all in for, for a bounce back. Uh, I don't see a bad bet that high for a pitcher with the 33% ground ball rate, and I'm I'm in on Scherzer being back, baby. Contract year, he's pitching his little heart out. He's pitching both his eyeballs out. Um, so I'm I'm all in on Scherzer bounce back here.
0: Yeah, I actually love the pick, and you know that you know from our prep. If you didn't take Scherzer here and he had fallen like how the rankings had suggested he may have, I was ready to pounce all over him, too, because I'm with you. I think he bounces back pretty strong this year. As long as he's healthy, Max is always like a top-five pitcher, no questions, usually like a top-three pitcher, and many years just the best one. So I think it's going to be interesting to see. Um, The other guy, I guess, that you would have been forced to consider there is Darvish, um, just because – He was lights out last year and has been pretty ridiculous for the past year and a half he went to eric with the next pick um eric i think had the best first two rounds and i said this during the draft he kind of got two guys who seemed to fall a little past their adp
1: Mm -hmm. i i agree specifically in the right i did take scherzer over darvish so I, i clearly have a preference there as to which one i'd rather have but i think specifically in the second round right and Juan Soto falling all the way to, uh, so that's, he had the seventh overall pick, was that pick number yeah, you're the
0: 16, math guy.
1: 17, 18, somewhere around there. I think that was absolutely crazy. It um, was. Definitely was.
0: I mean, you had noticed this after we were, we were done drafting, but the first seven teams up to Eric, went one-and-one one
1: yep. through two rounds. Yep. One-and-one one meaning one pitcher, one hitter.
0: Right. Four of the next five went two pitchers in the first two rounds. I'm the only one who did not. Yep. Um, it was definitely a super pitcher-heavy front to the draft, more so than we've ever seen. We say that every year, but this was really, I think, the most extreme version. Yeah. If you look, there there were only two hitters taken in the first round. Um even a guy like Lucas Castillo, uh, Luis Castillo going ahead of Betts and Soto. Um, And then in the second round, Soto falling, people choosing Flaherty, I chose Kershaw, Woodruff, Maeda, and even Lance Lynn went ahead of Juan Soto, which in just about any other league I think would be criminal. Uh Um, But in our league, you know, it kind of makes sense if that's your strategy
1: yeah and I want to hear more about that strategy right like is it you know why right like why two pitchers over Juan Soto for those four teams who decide to deploy that strategy um what what were your feelings about uh Trevor Bauer this year I know he's a pretty polarizing person um but even more so a polarizing player right he's pitching with one eye open he's potentially told on himself that he was using a foreign substance last year. I mean, all that kind of together, and the fact that he got paid, and now on the Dodgers, where they could limit his innings, I kind of shied away from him just in general.
0: Yeah, I think he's definitely the pitcher in the first round with the most question marks, especially after he went to the Dodgers. Um, He signed a three-year deal. I know there's a lot of incentives, so some people think, you know, he's still going to have to prove it every year, but... He's got a three-year deal now. He's no longer on a contract year. And last year, in the shortened season, he had a 91% strand rate and a 215 babbitt. He had a 12.3 K9, which is way higher than he's shown the past couple of years. Before that, he's usually hovered around the 10, half area. He did have a great year in, uh, in 2018 with the K9, but... Uh-huh. It was definitely an up year with a lot of things going his way last year. I'm not sure that on the Dodgers, where that division's pretty hard, he's going to have to play in cores, and they have so many starting pitching options that he's going to pan out as well as his draft price would suggest this year. Yeah. I mean, most, most websites had him, I mean, Fantrax at least did, they projected him for the fourth best pitcher. Yep. Um, And Pitcher List, I think, did before he was traded to the Dodgers. After that, I think they docked him down five spots to the nine spot. But Bauer's definitely a guy that I was relieved that I didn't have to consider because there's so many question marks with him. He's a guy that if he's there for you, right, you might have to take him just because there's a gap between, I think, him and Kershaw, for example, who I ended up taking. But you almost feel like if you take Bauer, you could be digging yourself an early grave at the draft.
1: Yeah, it's very much going to depend on is it the Bauer of last year or is it the Bauer of two years ago where he was really, uh, I, to use a pitcherless term, kind of a Toby, where he gave you a lot of innings, but they weren't necessarily always of the highest quality. Yeah. Uh, going into Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola is such an interesting player because I don't think that he has the upside that a lot of the other pitchers in the first round necessarily have. But I think he does have a higher floor where through the last four years, he's been extremely stable with a low to mid threes ERA, but he hasn't shown necessarily the ability to, and I don't think he has it to jump into, let's say like the top five pitchers on a, over an entire year. Whereas I think some of these other guys going on here, right? Like we talk about the upside with Bauer. I don't know if Nola has it, but he definitely has a higher floor.
0: Right. Um, The thing with Nola I think that everybody always points to is the fact that he's an innings eater. If he's healthy, they're going to put him out there. He's one of the few pitchers this year who a lot of places project to pitch 200 innings. And if he does pitch 200 innings, that's invaluable um, because this is going to be a weird year with a lot of guys on innings limits. And just the fact that everybody was cut short last year, it's just a... I don't think pitchers have ever experienced this before, going from you know a 70-inning season to now having to throw you know, 150 to 200. It's it's a big difference.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I did think that Nola
0: was the correct pick there, though, for the record. Um, I would have done the same thing at that spot. Uh,
1: yeah, I Yeah, I, I agree as well. If you look, it really depends on if you're trying to go hitter or pitcher. Um, yeah. I think he was probably the best pitcher on the board, um, but I wouldn't have blamed anyone for going one of the other big hitters that are on the board at this point. Definitely. Uh, Moving into Luis Castillo, who's interesting, right? This was probably the biggest reach in the first round, as you said. Not someone who typically goes in the first round, and probably, in my opinion, a surprising pick from Jeremy. Not necessarily in a bad way. I think it may have been the the right pick if he was looking to go pitcher, because Castillo was downright dirty last year.
0: Yeah, I also think it was the right pick for a pitcher. I thought he was the the best pitcher on the board at that point. But um, kind of like, you know, a difficult pick to find, because I think... Bueller was projected uh, ahead yep. of him in yep. terms of ADP, and I'm not sure if Kershaw was or not. I think Kershaw might have been just a little behind, but still, to uh, to pass up on Bueller, which a lot of websites have you know pretty high. I think PitcherList has Bueller you know six or seven. I think um, seven right now. Uh-huh. So so I was impressed. I thought that was a good pick, um, and I was a little heartbroken because I was planning on taking him at the the 11.
1: But so talk to us about to your pick. So you end up going Mookie Betts, uh, starting with a hitter and then going into a pitcher, right? We kind of looped the first and second rounds for you together because they were so the picks were so close together. So what was your overall sort of strategy?
0: Right. So when we had prepped, I was pretty certain I wanted to go pitcher-pitcher this year because I think that after the first, I don't know, to Kershaw, it, there's a weird drop where there's a lot of questions, even with Kershaw, you know, honestly, castillo's the last guy that i don't think there's really any question marks about um if you want to lump Bauer in with those sturdy guys too because he'll probably throw enough innings where it's not going to matter if he has a 3.5 era um but i just couldn't do it here and this was the extreme scenario when whenever i prepped where you know everybody went (laughs) pitcher except one person before me um and now i'm stuck choosing between you know Bueller, there's Flaherty, there's Kershaw, Woodruff, Maeda, that kind of tier. And I personally was not going to prioritize picking a specific one of those guys and potentially letting Ben get both Betts and Soto. That would have been worst case scenario, right? Like, let's say I take Kershaw here because I'm like, I want him. And then Ben goes Betts and Soto then I feel like I, I don't gain anything in terms of value by being at the 11 spot. Whereas, uh-huh. you know, I can zig when other people zagged and I can capitalize on the fact that everybody went pitcher. I think Mookie Betts at 11 is crazy in any league. And I feel pretty confident with him as my best hitter and my first pick. So I went with him. I like him a little more than Soto this year, but it was super close, super hard. Um, I know Soto's, like, sabermetrics were the best in the entire MLB last year. Uh-huh. So... Um, Definitely a hard pick, but I went bets. I think he's a little safer, just
1: because of the at bats. Now, was anything stolen from you by Ben Going Bueller or Flaherty, or did you not have your eye on those guys?
0: Nah. So I'm terrified of Bueller this year. Um, I think the websites are really high on him because of the talent, but I think most places also acknowledge Bueller's probably going to be capped at around 150 innings this year. So while I don't necessarily know that bueller versus kershaw you know one is better than the other Uh because kershaw might you know also throw 150 160 um ben took bueller and i was happy to get kershaw in in the uh the second round Uh Flaherty's never really a guy that i'm into i know he had one really bad start last year and a lot of places said if you take that out you know his numbers obviously get way way better but um i was pretty happy because kershaw would have been the next pitcher on my board so Mm -hmm. i got bets and then kershaw was still there for me so i i grabbed him and i was pretty happy after two rounds considering all the pitchers that had gone
1: yeah i think Bueller is someone who has been on ben's team a couple of times maybe before it seems like he typically ends up with him so maybe he's a fan favorite um curious again right a lot of people in this area went pitcher pitcher and why everyone decided to pass up on a, a Soto, a Freeman, and a Cunha and diversify a little bit. So uh, in the comments below on whatever uh, website you're listening to us on, feel free to tell us why you did that uh, or yeah, just post I mean, it in Slack. If anybody
0: can type in Slack, if you want to write an article, if you want to jump on a future pod, by all means, it'd be really cool to hear some of these other people's uh, perspectives on this stuff. Yeah, I'm going to guess it's that you know, in our league, everybody's terrified of not having good pitchers. Nobody wants to have a bunch of waiver wire fodder to fill out their rotation. So locking up two pitchers early was what I did two years ago when I had a very dominant team. And I think that's kind of still the meta to go off that blueprint.
1: Yeah, I will, right, just to be a bit contrarian against that, I will say, right, two years ago, if I pull up the draft, I think that was was our first year on fan tracks. We can easily pull up the draft right here. Uh, And I think you had it up in your basement
0: yeah, from, Cole into Cole uh, into Bauer, and Bauer was not right.
1: worth his ADP. Right, like the pitchers who really shone for you were obviously Cole, who you got with the uh, ninth pick, or is that the 10th pick? 10th. 10th yeah, pick, pick in the round. Then,
0: yeah, Granky, I got. Granky in round player.
1: four, Shane Bieber in round six. Yeah, and Giolito off waivers. Yeah, so it's not, and, and this is sort of what I preach, is that it's not just pitchers, it's having the right pitchers.
0: Right. But, I mean, I think people are still more comfortable throwing darts at pitchers early, and personally, I think maybe, looking back, people are going to wish they had Juan Soto over some of these pitchers. I agree. But, you know, we'll see how that affects next year and things going forward. But right now, I think the metagame is pretty clearly, let's get pitchers early and we'll figure it out for hitters later.
1: Yep. Yep. So, what I think we can do is kind of go at this point, right? Like, take two round chunks at a time and just highlight like a a good pick and a bad pick and say a quick thing about it. Um, So starting with rounds two and three, we don't have to go every single pick, but what did you like in this area? What did you dislike?
0: Um, Well, I mean, I'll take the easy answer. I love Tuan Soto.
1: <laughs> Falling to Eric, I thought it was pretty good that he uh,
0: he picked the right hitter there because Acuna and Tatis were both ranked higher. Uh-huh. He found that Soto was the better pick for our league, so I liked that. Um, in terms of what I didn't like, um, I think the Jose Abreu pick was the biggest loss of value. Not that it's a bad pick. Just that if you look at the guys Jose Abreu went ahead of, Yelich, Story, Bellinger... Um, DJ, Rendon, Harper, Lindor, I think are all probably sturdier hitters. Um, and Abreu went a decent number of picks before them. So.
1: Yeah, I think that was clearly a case, right, of probably Mike sorting by last year's points. Probably. Um, and Jose Abreu had a, a ton of them last year, but right, keeping in mind it's, it was a 60-game sample, I think, so um, that that could skew things. Uh, right. my, my favorite pick was probably actually uh, your pick in the third round, Bryce Harper. I think that was tremendous value. I mean, I think Harper is one of the elite talents in the game and has gone from being overrated back a couple of years ago when I think Mike took him with the first overall pick to now he's somewhat underrated, almost hated in the sport by a lot of fans, right? Like getting to like LeBron James type territory where he's not that good, but he's just for whatever reason hated by a lot of people. Um, So I think that in the fantasy world, Bryce Harper has gone from being overrated to underrated i think it was great value you getting him at the very end of the third round it's his
0: swag man people hate his swag
1: they do hate the swag uh my least favorite pick is probably cody bellinger uh in this area and the reason why is i don't like the volatility right and someone who clearly injured his shoulder at the end of last year i don't know how he rehabbed and how he recuperated he changed his batting stance in the off season. he's really shown half a season of like super super elite talent and he's definitely shown what his ceiling can be but outside of that half a season which was the first half of the 2019 season he really hasn't been anything special um so i think i think it was a bit early in my opinion i know all the websites had him ranked this high but not someone who i was necessarily targeting here so i don't fault nick for taking him but not someone who i have been fading in most drafts
0: yeah, I think Bellinger's a pretty polarizing player. You either love him or you hate him. And it's because most years he varies from slumping and hitting like, you know, 240 to being the MVP. So it's going to be interesting which Cody Bellinger comes out this year.
1: I'll, I'll kick off for rounds four to five. Uh, and I think my favorite pick was uh, Manny Machado. I think Manny Machado falling to the almost the end of the fourth round, where I really have him as sort of a third-round type value. early yeah, mid third,
0: early third-rounder.
1: Yeah, Um, And I know a lot of people say even odd year, he's every other year. I mean, if you look back at what happened to him, uh, first of all, he was great last year. The year before, I think it really was he was spending the entire offseason with contract negotiations because he did sign at the last second. And that has to affect you mentally and how you prepare for the season. Um, The year before that, he was great. And the year uh, before that, I think he really got unlucky. So I think that three out of the last four seasons, Machado's underlings have been amazing. And he's he was someone I was targeting. I would have taken him had I not really kind of needed a starting pitcher there in the fourth round. Right.
0: Also, didn't he get his eyes fixed? He did get laser eye surgery.
1: He was half blind. I know, he was half blind. all of those blind.
0: years. So, you know, now that he's got both eyes working, I think it'll be a good season for him.
1: And I'd say my least favorite pick, um, I'm not going to take the easy way out. Uh, yeah, I will. I think it's uh no, I'm I'm not. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna say Ian Anderson. Um, I think just as someone unproven, right, where we really have like half a season worth of data, and I think for Frankie, him being his third pitcher, probably a, a decent spot to take him. But right, like if you just look at it, the guy walks everyone, and I get he's electric, but how much as a rookie, are they really gonna let him pitch? Uh, just not someone who i'd be looking at for my third starter where i'm trying to shore up my rotation a bit and and make sure i get a solid foundation a solid base which at that point frankie had but just looking in terms of value ian anderson's not someone who i necessarily had high on my draft board
0: yeah i think with anderson it's the strikeout upside he's the young guy um i actually don't have any idea what to make of him but um
1: And that's the scary part, right? Is, like, I don't want people who I have no idea about, right? Like, there are enough players there who I feel good about that I can target those. I don't want any of those sort of, like, wild cards where they can either be really good or really bad.
0: Right. Um, If you look at these two rounds, I think there's a lot of, like, really good picks. Only a couple of ones that I don't like uh, stand out. But for my favorite pick... I want to say it was Arenado falling to the fifth. I think that's the most obvious one for me um, because I thought Arenado could have gone at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, um, kind of similar to what you were saying about Machado. I know the worry with him going out of cores, but he was apparently he had a horrible relationship with the, the management at, at uh, on the Rockies. So getting out of that, also he was hurt last year. There's a lot of reasons to think that, you know, the guy that's always hit 35 homers, 100 RBIs, you know, has always been a five-tool type of guy um, is going to just have a good season. The other pick I really liked um, that I want to also give some credit to was Zach Wheeler. Um, I thought he was a great value there. I was looking at him if I wasn't going to take Granke in the fourth because I think he's one of the few guys here that's a real reliable type of starting pitcher that even though he might not – you know, end up bursting and having a, a Shane Bieber or a, a Lucas Giolito type breakout, he's going to be kind of like a Kyle Hendricks type where he'll probably get around 400 points and he's not going to sink your team. And I think that's really valuable around here. Um, as far as my least favorite pick, probably Otani. Um, I think it was, you know, just a little early for him and I'm never confident that Otani's going to stay healthy for a whole season because he hasn't yet. And a guy that's, you know, going from pitching one day, hitting another day. I know there's a lot of people that say he can do it and, you know, he's going to do it. But I'll believe it when I see it for Otani.
1: What about for you rounds uh, six to seven? We'll do we'll do about two more groups of two rounds. Then we'll expand the window to be like a five-round window.
0: All right. Let's look. Let's look. Six to seven. Um, I mean, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I... Bogert's pretty ridiculous value, but no, I'll give it to uh, to somebody close to me. Uh, I thought Whit Merrifield going right after Bogertz was insane value. These are guys that I know go you know one or two rounds higher. They fill those annoying infield positions, which even though there's good depth this year, I think later on, you kind of got to know when to take the elite guys, and I think this was a perfect spot to take Whit Merrifield, the guy that can get 500 points, fill your second base slot, and could theoretically be the top... Second baseman this year. I don't think it would shock anyone. Um, for least favorite pick, um, let's see. Uh, I think maybe Zach Gallen went a little bit early. Um, I didn't have my eyes on him at this area. I maybe would have considered him around the area where, like, you're picking between him and like I don't know Domingo Herman, uh, maybe like. Corey Kluber, that, that area. But here, I think there were still some guys that I definitely would have rather had than Gallon. But I mean, the, the theory you know, that I think Daniel has is he already locked up what, four pitchers by that point. So mm-hmm. I don't think he's really drafting a pitcher that he's going to start here. I think he's investing in, in the future uh-huh. of the season with that pick. So yeah, how about you? Uh,
1: so my, my favorite was actually one that came in via text. I think it was the Glaber pick. I think uh, Glaber can put up similar numbers to DJ, who went uh, more than three rounds before him. And I think that they're both uh, dynamic duo on the inf- infield there in the New York Yankees. But I do think that that was a, a great value for Jeff, someone who I did also have my eye on. Uh, but again, it felt like I kind of needed to go pitcher there. And Phil's also a position of need. He covers second and short in this league. So I think that was a good, good pick coming in from the heavens by Jeff. And the the one I would fade is actually um, Cattell Marte. I know that's an unpopular take because he's actually, it seems like a fan favorite in our league, um, where I think a lot of people said good pick. But I'm out on Cattell Marte. I I don't see it. If I look at all of his numbers for his entire career, there's been one season that he's put it all together, and he's still being drafted like that's the season that's going to happen again. It's not even the most recent season. Right in the in 2020 he didn't have a great year. We're really going based off of 2019 and ignoring 2018, 2017, 2016, and 2020. And I just don't want to draft someone who popped for only one year and hasn't shown the ability to sustain it. Right? It's like very similar to how I feel about Bellinger, where there's been you know, really half a season where he put it all together.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I personally really liked the Marte pick because I, I think. I think it's valuable. He's second base outfield, and I, I think he'll be good. But um, I see what you mean. Where 2019 was his only good year.
1: And we'll look at we'll look at rounds eight to nine, and I'll I'll kick this one off. Um, my my favorite pick was the Max Muncy pick, and I think that that he's someone who's slept on every year. Now I know he's going to play more first base this year, and he's only first base eligible right now. But it doesn't mean he's not going to gain second or third base eligibility at some point during the year, which could become extremely important for Mannheim's team, even though Mannheim already has two second basemen. But I like Muncie just as someone who's typically slept on every year. He's very foundationally solid. He takes walks. He a uh, very low volatility player, I would say. Um, ended up getting actually a bit unlucky last year, which I think pushed his value down a bit. But I think that that was uh, my favorite pick within the uh, the two rounds by Mannheim. And now as I, Giveth, I also taketh away, where I say that my least favorite pick was Tim Anderson, also drafted by Mannheim around earlier. And he's just not someone who I typically end up with. Uh, he has a high BABIP. Now, I know that that could be sustainable if he hits ground balls, if he's fast, which he is, but uh, he's on a great team with Chicago White Sox. If they could put it all together, it's just not someone who I ever really feel comfortable with within a starting spot in my rotation.
0: Yeah, I think with Tim Anderson, right, like a lot of people think that they're just getting a a solid batting average guy. But maybe my memory's off with him, I don't remember Tim Anderson being too fantasy relevant, um, maybe more than, you know, one and a half seasons ago. So he's another guy, I think, with how you were talking about Cattell Marte, where I'm not sold that he's going to be... An elite pick here.
1: Yeah, so he averaged three point three points per game last season, two point eight the year before, two point two the year before that, two the year before that, and two point one the year before that, which is when he entered the league.
0: Right. So I kind of remember those low two years for Tim Anderson, probably because Mannheim's probably had him on his team every year <laughs> 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 with Jose Barry. It worked out last year. <laughs> but um, for for me, I think my favorite pick here was the Hoskins pick. Um, I thought it was a good spot for um, a first baseman to go, and I think Hoskins is going to have a nice points league value type year. Um, my least favorite pick, well, I'll be honest, I didn't really know who Cabrian Hayes was for the majority of the draft, so I think it was probably a bit early for him. But another pick that I don't think is necessarily going to work out, even though it's an exciting pick, is Corey Kluber. Um, I know that he has the potential to you know, go into a time machine, come out, from five years ago and beat the Cy Young but his velocity's down and he's walking a lot of guys in the spring and the Yankees might not let him pitch a lot so there's just a lot of red flags there where he got drafted as an SP4 I think he might just be a burden that you can't drop through most of the year you have to just keep him on your team and I think he might just be a frustrating player to own this year
1: now let's expand the window a bit. So that was the end of round nine. Let's do uh, five round windows now. So 10 through 15. Oh, man. That's,
0: <laughs> you're, you're uh, actually, let's great.
1: do 10, 10 through 14. Because that's, yeah. uh, that's five rounds. Um, and I can, I can say mine as I let you think a little bit. Uh, and yeah, I think that my it. favorite one in this round was actually uh, David Fletcher, who I think fills a, a need in the league because um, he doesn't strike out. Uh, I think he's very, again, foundationally solid. Um, has the, the speed portion to his game. He's batting ahead of in the start of that amazing Angels lineup with Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon behind him and Shohei Ohtani behind him. And he has a chance to score a lot of runs. I think that David Fletcher is, is a good pick considering the fact that Hogbro did not have a second baseman at this time. Uh, and the ones around that were left at this point were Gene Segura, Jake Cronenworth, Jorge Polanco, I do think Fletcher is sort of a tier beyond those uh, other players and was pretty good value where Hagro ended up with him.
0: What a hipster pick from you. David Fletcher, Mr. Underrated.
1: Do you have anyone um, who you uh, particularly liked around here?
0: I mean, I loved the Carlos Santana pick. thought that was amazing. Um, Santana always underrated Um, And I think he's been matching. He's got like four homers this preseason. I also am pretty big on Eddie Rosario being a value this year. I know he's in Cleveland, but Eddie Rosario is one of those guys I think is always pretty consistent. And I think in the 13th round, you're getting probably like a solid outfield two type of guy there with him. Um, For guys that I wasn't crazy about, I think Gary Sanchez went ahead of a lot of other catchers I would have rather had. Maybe I'm just talking as an annoyed Yankee fan, but I kind of hate Gary Sanchez. I was bummed out when they re-signed him this year. Um, the guy swings at everything. It looks like he's always trying to hit a homer, and he just looks like a lazy ball player. Kind of lump him in with, like, the Rafael Devers type. I just don't want them. They just look sloppy when they're swinging. Always watch them striking out, you know. They've got, like, the Bartolo swing. So
1: <laughs> yeah, It's not good coming from uh, someone who's supposed to be a hitter, not a pitcher. Yeah. Uh, the one I'd highlight that I'm not particularly fond of is Christian Javier, someone who was kind of waiver-wire fodder for most of the league last year. I don't think the guy has, uh, A, a lot of control over his pitches. If you look at his walk rate in the minors, they were uh, fairly high. Um, yes, he's extremely deceptive, but he doesn't go deep into games. I'm not too sure how long of a leash the Astros are going to give him this year. He is their fifth starter after they signed Odorizzi but I'm not sure how many innings he's going to end up pitching, and I don't, I don't think he has uh, the ability to necessarily put it all together.
0: I think also if you're looking um, just from round to round, the 10th round looks like a really juicy one in terms of a lot of these picks. I think Domingo Herman was a good reach there. Um, he's one of the few guys that's probably going to be a solid middle rotation type guy for uh-huh. a fantasy team, and he was definitely not ranked there. Um, also, J.D. Martinez fell like pretty far, in my opinion. I liked him having a bounce back this year, and um, I was happy Daniel spotted it. Um, and I like what you did with the Mustakis into male. Um, and then later on, you got Turner, you got Didi. I'm not sure how I feel about McCutcheon, but I think overall you did a really good job in this area, um, locking up guys that were at the end of tears. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, you definitely needed to, because otherwise your middle infield would be terrible.
1: I I didn't have much of an infield at all at that point. Um, I I will have an article coming about, the uh, What Was He Thinking yearly article, so keep on the lookout for that, and I'll talk a little bit more about that as well. Exciting. Let's look at rounds uh, 15 through 19 uh, and see what stands out to us there.
0: Um, Just looking at 15, I loved the Eduardo Rodriguez pick. I know that he got dead arm and might start on the 10 day DL, but I think once he comes back, he's going to be a very underrated draft pick this year. I think he was underranked, and I think he's usually a guy that hovers around the high 300s, low 400s in terms of his point total. He strikes me as like, you know, that three eighty, three ninety 90 fantasy point type of pitcher who uh-huh. might have like an ERA close to four, but he gets the strikeouts. He gets the innings. I, I love that pick this year.
1: Yeah, I also think he did pretty good with his next pick, too, with Aaron Hicks. Uh, and we are, of course, talking about the Hillwood Black Sox. Uh, I think that's also another underrated pick. Obviously, it a lot on health. But I do think Aaron Hicks is another player in this league who has a very stable floor. Uh, and I'm also going to i will toot my own horn here—is I really like my Matt Boyd pick in round 19. I, you know, the more I look at him, the more I have confidence that he's fixed the issues from previous years. And I know we've sung this song before. But I do think that Boyd has the tools necessary this year to put it all together and be a solid rotational piece.
0: Yeah, he was a good dart throw. You know, he's got the strikeout upside. He might have a 12 ERA, but he might be really good. Who knows? He might. I think it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. I think we like a lot of Nick Miller's picks this year, outside of maybe the Otani pick. Yeah, I think earlier. he did a good
1: job. Uh, overall win the draft and he also drafted very quickly so he knew exactly who he wanted when he wanted them and i think he did a good job constructing a, an overall team
0: yeah we might see one of those old those nick miller years of old when he had that ridiculous oh, team back when in he had old. jose
1: fernandez <laughs> too soon man RIP.
0: too soon uh
1: i'll say my least favorite pick was actually one that you made in the 19th round of craig Kimbrell. Now I know I know you're the closer whisper and everything works everything comes up roses for you when it comes to I relief am. pitchers, but I, I think Kimbrell's washed up. He hasn't been good for two plus years and if he turns it around this year, I am going to investigate you for giving your players that you draft HGH. Kimbrell hit
0: ninety eight miles per hour with his fastball in his most recent Cactus League outing Saturday. Kimbrel said he was pleasantly surprised by the high number on the radar gun. Yeah, that's because it wasn't true. <laughs> I'm not happy to be
1: surprised, but... Are you going to you know, get to the point where it says he has a 6 ERA since coming to Chicago?
0: So the diminished
1: velocity has
0: seemingly had a direct impact on his effectiveness. So, you know, apparently he was throwing below 97, now he's up to 98. I'll take it. He's the Cubs closer, he's got a decent bit of a leash as a closer, um... And I am the closer whisperer, you know what? And I I sniffed the magic dust, and it pointed me to Kimbrell. You and do. the magic dust was the pitcherless top 40 closers article that was written <laughs> way too long ago. That's why I took Jake Dykeman later on, because I didn't realize that uh, Trevor Rosenthal <laughs> was on the
1: team. But you know what? When
0: Craig Kimbrel
1: is a top 10 closer
0: this year, you'll remember this moment.
1: I will I'll, I won't leave him on an island by himself. The other pick I hate in this round and I absolutely hate it was uh, Christian Vasquez. Uh the catcher on the Red Sox who overperformed like heck last year. And not like heck. Like heck. This oh, is a man. this We're is not explicit. Yeah, yeah, this man. is not explicit podcast.
0: Oh wow. Oh jeez.
1: To take him in the 15th round, I mean, as a catcher when I don't think he's any different than anyone else that you can get off waivers in the 31st round, which doesn't exist. Uh, and I know Galembo's going to say, "Well, he was good for me last year." And yeah, he was, and that's why you drafted him because you thought he was good for you last year. But I see him kind of coming back to Earth. I think he had an expecting batting average of like 210, and up hitting like 260 or something like that. Uh, sorry, 283 so i don't like that pick in the 15th round personally but we'll see if it works out pretty mean it is pretty so is life so is life (laughs) um
0: i really liked my mike miner pick Um, he was a guy that i was happy to get um but i won't just talk about myself i also really liked the brady singer pick um i think that there's really no reason not to take him there he's a, a guy with a lot of upside a big sleeper this year Um, And I think this was a great spot to get him, if you look at the other pitchers that went around him. Um, In terms of guys that I didn't really like, I don't know. There's a lot not to like in this area, right? Like, this is kind of where the draft starts getting uh, kind of mediocre. I mean, you don't really know. Tell us what you hate. Nothing stands out terribly. I mean, Wander Franco's got a green flag next to his name. That can't be too good.
1: Um, But no. (laughs) That means he's vegetarian. Really? Yep. He's going to have no muscles. No muscles. No, I don't know. Nothing
0: Nothing stands out as like atrocious. I didn't like the Austin Riley pick. I don't know why Austin Riley was even drafted, to be honest. I'm not an Austin Riley guy in a points league.
1: I I also like the uh, Sean Murphy pick. So good job, everyone. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sean Murphy was really the last. <laughs> that last upside catcher. We gave it to him. Let's, I think he uh, did a pretty good job drafting for Jeff. I I um, also agree.
1: I, his like team lie, is good. Dude, I think his team I, is good.
0: I think these first twelve rounds, there's it's hard to really get upset with it from a you know an auto pick perspective. He didn't he didn't end up with any of the injured guys, right? We didn't give him Voit. Nope. We didn't give him Carrasco. Gallon Carrasco exactly, okay. and we gave him guys at positions he didn't have. We made sure to always give him pitchers when he needed. Like he's got Urias, who's one of the biggest risers. Lately. You know, yep. now he's the, the SP4 for the Dodgers. He's got a locked in rotation spot, and he was a, a really touted prospect a couple of years ago. Watch watch this team, man. The Kyle Tucker I thought was ridiculous value. I, you. You I know, think Jeff, so too. Jeff had texted, and he, he wanted Judge there. I think Judge would have been a terrible pick there. Judge, judge who's out. already hurt? He's hurt. He strikes out 200 times a year. He's only ever had one really good year. Um yeah, I don't know. I would take Tucker all day over Judge and I thought that was ridiculous value personally. Sorry, he's but, sick, he's not hurt. He did get new teeth though. Looking great, Aaron Judge. Did he get new teeth? So it might go straight
1: Did he? He did. Uh man, I like straight hands. Uh all right, let's let's group rounds twenty through thirty all together and just highlight a couple of couple of good picks here. I mean there's no such thing as a bad pick in the last ten rounds. Yeah, really? So Uh, One, we'll just go back and forth, I guess, highlighting a couple here. Uh, The one that I think was a great pick was, I'm trying to find where exactly it is. Uh, The Chris Archer pick by Galembo, round 22. Uh, Again, like, I think there's no downside here. I know a couple of people said they had him on their boards uh, around, not necessarily this time, but looking at him as their last pitcher. But, Ao, he's had a fairly good spring. Any pitcher who goes to Tampa Bay automatically becomes interesting um, because of the way that they approach pitching. And coming out of Pittsburgh, people are already interesting because of the way that they approach pitching. So I think Archer kind of just has the perfect storm as someone who can provide value. I'm not saying he's going to jump to be a number three starter on a team but I think that there's a lot of value there to be extracted for someone who really has the pedigree, obviously coming off an injury, so there's some risk there, but that's why you get him in the 22nd round. But someone who has the pedigree of being, it used to be a late first to second round pick, I believe, in some drafts.
0: Yeah, I feel like this area is really hard to find, ones that you really like. Um, Oh. Look at at this board right here, man. There's a lot to like here. Yeah, but you don't really know, right? Like, we could we could think somebody might be a good pick, but most of these guys are probably going to end up getting dropped. I liked your Kikuchi pick. Um, not that he's necessarily going to break out, but he's been pretty good. I know he worked with uh, people in the offseason to revamp some of the, the issues he had, and apparently it's been working. So that's a pick that, you know, could have some upside. Um, I also liked, even though this is not a sexy pick whatsoever, I liked Frankie's Wainwright pick. Uh, um, given the rotation that he had, I think Wainwright might be a bit underrated. Um, he's you know one of those old aces that kind of had to reinvent the way he throws, and I don't. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I think Wainwright is going to be a bit of an anchor in this rotation where he has like guys like Smiley, who you know could be super volatile, uh, um, Tyone, Anderson, like guys that we don't really know much
1: about. I at
0: least like that we know. Who Wainwright is?
1: Yeah, uh, the other one that I want to highlight that I liked was uh, picking the twenty fourth round uh, that went to me by C J. crone I I yeah. What what are you gonna say? Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, well, that's,
0: you know, I was gonna boo you.
1: C J. crone Wait. He's someone who I've historically liked. Uh, I don't think he's really gotten fair shakes in previous years. I think it you know, was on Minnesota a bit. He was on Detroit last year, but. Now in Colorado, I mean, hitting in that thin air, and he is my backup first baseman at this point. So I I think that there is a lot to like with that pick. He's been mashing in the spring. I think he's uh, reinvigorated, uh, not on the best lineup, but obviously in Colorado they're going to score some runs. So I think that there is a a lot to like, and there's some upside in that pick. On the other
0: hand, CJ Crumb could
1: get to Colorado,
0: go to a dispensary, smoke way too much weed, and then just have a terrible year maybe he gets the munchies he starts getting out of shape you know it could happen
1: you don't know that the cj and cj crone actually stands for chomping joints so there you go there you go not christ jesus <laughs> no not sure now justin either
0: um yeah I, these later rounds are like really hard to look at there's
1: like, you so know, much to like on. hey how about kevin newman who's hitting 700 this spring Sure, but like I don't think Kevin Newman's going to be good this year. No, yeah, I don't, I don't so. think so either. He'll be so, fine. Then, he'll be so serviceable. He He's a middle infielder. I mean, everyone there needs more go. middle infielders.
0: Yeah. I hey, think you always win.
1: love Kyle Gibson. How about him? I never like Kyle Gibson. I know. Yeah, that's, that's a mistake. Kyle Gibson's I great. hate Kyle Gibson. Uh, I think we need to talk about one pick in particular. Yeah, just
0: one. I think we're on the same page about this one pick.
1: Uh, 29th round? Hit a homer hit a homer
0: today. He's hit a lot of homers. He really has.
1: So I was standing at the draft board, and I turn around, and Frankie's standing up, and he just makes this weird noise. <laughs> I didn't know what he was doing, but apparently he was drafting Akil Badu. Akil Uh I've never heard of this guy before. I really think this is the, this is the first pick in the history of the league in which only one person... Knew who this player was. Yeah,
0: even even Hogs was like Frankie finally did it. He drafted a guy I had no idea it existed. And <laughs> I think that's impressive. A Badu could turn out to fizzle and, and be irrelevant, but I think we always have
1: to remember a Badu. No, he's locked on Frankie's team. <laughs> Frankie can't drop him. He's he's going to be there through the finals. But uh, a Badu, uh, look. I, I have no idea who this guy is, but I mean, how does Frankie even find these guys? Is it just Man, sorting? Is it sorting spring training stats? Is I it think going so. to? I think Frankie was on a spring training website. Is it going <laughs> to, to the schools school and looking at the in the yards for the kids who were playing? Yeah, probably. D- probably. Does anyone know what a Kilbadoo even looks like? Didn't he just look like an
0: earnest guy? Didn't we pull him up?
1: Or that was Cabrian Hayes. That was Cabrian Hayes. An Earnest guy. A, a gentleman, uh, a kill uh Look, maybe this works out. I have no idea. But in the 29th round, there's no downside, right? Yeah. Also, it's it's
0: the most fun pick from these last like you know oh, fifteen uh, rounds,
1: probably. hundred percent. So. I'm happy he made it. And uh, R. I. P. To Jose Leclerc, who has Tommy John surgery.
0: Yeah. I mean, not losing much there.
1: Anyway, so that's that's pretty much going through the entire draft. Yeah, I think
0: it was the most balanced draft that we've had in a long time, maybe ever. It's really hard to see what team stands out. Um I remember after we were spending some time looking and trying to compare teams and honestly, almost every I think every single team here if they make pickups and manage their way through the season, I think every team currently from the draft has a decent enough skeleton to get to
1: a final even. So. It's it's interesting, right? Because We say it's the most even draft, but the draft itself wasn't even, right? With the first uh, how many picks being pitchers? Yeah. Uh, Was it 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17? 15 of the first 17 picks were pitchers. So the draft itself wasn't even. But, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see how it plays out. And uh, who do you think did the best job in the draft?
0: I was most impressed by Jeremy Um, And I told him during the draft, he came in person. It was great to have him. But the thing with Jeremy in the past is that he's been able to make the playoffs, but he's done it with these very low-ceiling teams. And I've spoken about that in some of the articles that I've written where I try to dissect how everyone's season's gone. Jeremy, a lot of times, makes the playoffs and then has no firepower. Ends up going up against one of those super teams, you know, who are, you know, the three-seed or the two-seed or something. And he just gets blown out because he doesn't have any firepower and he's relying on those solid, you know, Yon Mankata types, just a bunch of Yon Mankatas on the team, you know? And this year, I think he avoided them. I was really impressed that he spotted Castillo in the first. I love the Woodruff pick if he's going to go pitcher there. Um, the Rendon pick, I think he he found a guy who wasn't the next highest on the board who fills a surprisingly shallow position. Who I actually like better than both Machado and Arenado this year, I think Rendon was a, a great pick there. Um, and then later on, he picked up guys like Whitmerfield, right? He he found value when it fell. He took guys that carry some risk, right? Like I'm not gonna tell you I think Strasburg is 100% gonna work out, but Strasburg is a pick that Jeremy never would have made a couple years ago, and it's it's exactly what his team needs if it works out. It's it's that guy who will be a difference maker. Because if, if it does work out, he could theoretically have three aces. Unlike a couple years ago when I think he had like four SP4s or SP3s. Just a bunch yeah. of Toby type guys. So I really like what Jeremy did. I was impressed by how he changed up his typical patterns and didn't fall into old habits. The other guy that I would like to give a shout out is Daniel. Who had maybe the worst draft of anybody in 2019. With Nola on a bad year into Judge, just an awful start. And this year, he he didn't get overwhelmed. He didn't do what he normally does, where he you know laser focuses on these are my guys. I need to get these guys and overdrafts the hell out of them. He took giolito who I think is a really safe, all around great pick in the first. And then he actually didn't pigeonhole. I know he liked Snell a lot, but I'm much happier that he went Acuna in the second he picked up value where it fell and i thought hendrix was my favorite guy on the board at the three where he took him so I, I think he did a great job
1: yeah i mean you know what they say once you've hit rock bottom there's nowhere to go but up True. so congrats on True. Dan for daniel uh maybe he'll make the playoffs this year uh, he can hope maybe for- maybe it is funny because he always he always
0: talks like he's been, you know,
1: a playoff mainstay. And I think, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, the only time he made it was that very first year. I believe you're correct. Yeah, so, I don't know, we'll see what happens. The, about the, you? the team the team I want to highlight is, I think, Nick Miller. He did a great job crafting his team. We said it before, but I just look at some of these picks, and, uh, you know, it's it never hurts to go back-to-back Asian with Hyunjin and Shohei Otani. Um, just... I think that those are Hyunjin is, look, a favorite of mine. Um, I know you hate him. Cause... I don't hate him. No, you do. And you told I me it's because him. he was Asian.
0: Yeah, I did. I did. I wanted to commit a hate crime against him. That's what I was going for. Now, I mean, I think everybody knows the story. It was Nick Miller's first year in the league. We got drunk in uh, in 20 Holly Street, and I took Ryu. I think he was like 8th or ninth or 10th round. He was like a, a decent SP at the time. I think he hurt his ankle a little bit. We found that out after the draft ended. And then the fatso couldn't put any weight on it for the rest of the year. And he just decided to sit on his butt and play video games all day. So,
1: I didn't like him. For yeah, for everyone listening, Lewis does not hate Hyunjin Ryu because he's Asian. Um, but I think that Nick did a, a great job with a lot of his picks. I just look up and down his draft and all I see is uh, great value out of a lot of these picks. And I think that overall it makes a, a, fairly, a fairly solid team. And I think Nick Miller too has a good chance to push for playoffs and there's a lot that's going to happen between now and the end of the year but there's a solid foundation there
0: yeah yeah i agree any team uh that you want to talk about on the other end or you uh
1: yeah jeff's team sucks no i'm kidding no (laughs) no i think jeff's team is decent no i think look it's so hard to judge uh not aaron judge but be the judge of if a team is going to fall apart and so much is really due to injuries too where I think that one or two teams are just going to get completely wiped out because someone's going to get hurt or a couple of people are going to get hurt or specifically like this year with who knows what's going to happen with COVID. It's going to be so hard to tell uh, what is going to happen and what's going to constitute a, a bad team. I mean, there's like one team in the league last year who lost their best starting pitcher and made the playoffs anyway and almost won the league even though Justin Verlander got Tommy John surgery. So uh, not everyone can do it it's really hard to overcome i know uh but to those of you who do get hurt players you could do it too if you just try really hard
0: so i think uh the gist of all that is that you're pussing out and you don't want to you know point the finger at anybody i on the other hand uh a hero of the league um somebody who you know wants to make it
1: i think we might have lost lewis he's frozen on my screen uh, Burr, the shakiest uh those top tier pitchers. I think Lynn, huge
0: reach over Soto. Bellinger, the weakest of the strong hitters that went in that tier. Berrios, a guy that's going to have over four ERA. You took three pitchers early. You know, who's your safest guy? Lynn? I don't know. Mondesi over Bogarts. Didn't like it. Judge? Don't like it. Robert? Hate it in a points league. Kluber? Don't like it. Bryant? I'm okay with, but um, also think. Taking him over Suarez was maybe a bit bold. I did like the Herman pick, so you know you can can rest for one round. But hated John Deans. Uh, All his advanced numbers uh, kind of point to him sucking. Um, I think I think Nick could have done a lot better. Nick Morano, the other Nick Nick Miller. I also think
1: he did a great job. So uh, so good job. So it's funny. The Skype actually froze for about five to ten seconds before you told us who it was. And then it just came back on you shitting on Nick Morano's team.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it was Nick Morano. I was saying I was gonna call him out. I think you left a lot of value on the table at each pick. Um, I'm sure he he'll excitedly giggle and want to disagree, and maybe we can get him on a on a pod or have him write an article in the future to tell us what he was thinking. But right now, I think Nick Morano probably my least favorite of the teams. So beings in the universe
1: so schedule still needs to be created the divisions have been fully randomized um i'll hopefully have the schedule up and running by tomorrow night meaning wednesday night um but we did go through our first waiver period i don't know if anything there stood out to you specifically outside of i will remind everyone again who gets this far into the podcast the rule is that we agreed not to pick up people into the il slot not that oh wait this can happen and i'll just drop them afterwards um, so, Eric, you've been warned, and the warning is not going away.
0: Yeah, and we're coming for your balls next time, man. Like, you know, we're going to cut them off. So just
1: just be careful, man.
0: Now, uh, I think the thing that stood out the most is that I think Daniel misordered his, his waiver <laughs> things, which I thought was really funny because he had one in for Jeffries for $9 and ended up getting, who did he get? He got Merrill Kelly for $1. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he would have put the $9 guy ahead of him, but I think you still have to rank, in terms of priority, the the guy higher, even if you have more money in. Um, but mostly these, these waiver pickups were just Eric trying to add injured guys. And, What's new? And you, me, and Daniel trying to fill because we drafted an IL-eligible guy. I think we all did a decent job.
1: Yeah. Um, Eric also drafted an IL eligible player. Well, two, actually, but filled his holes with more IL eligible players. <laughs>
0: the class. <laughs>
1: um, but no. no your I, guy's
0: pretty interesting. Um, you picked up the, the fourth pitcher on the Marlins, right?
1: Yeah, so Trevor Rogers, who the, the name is so hard to remember because there's the brothers, the twins, Taylor and I think it's Tyler Rogers. Uh, and and they used to have
0: trevor they used to have
1: trevor richards so it's really just a trogers trichards uh mix up there but i yeah i really like what trevor rogers was able to do this spring and i was really just going for upside um i want to highlight what hogbro did because i do think it's really interesting picking up alejandro kirk who uh is supposed is a catcher on the blue jays and supposed to be pretty good with the bat he's going to be on the opening day roster he had a a great spring training. Uh, now, Danny Jansen is going to be the starter there and probably get most of the timeshare, but Alejandro Kirk as a little backup and potentially sleeper there on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I think he can provide some value.
0: Yeah. I guess with catcher, it's uh, it's one of the better positions to have a guy who's not starting every day because you can just see when he does start and just plug him in. Um, I picked up Freddie Peralta. Who won the fifth job on on the uh, the Brewers? Just because he's a strikeout machine, and even though he is prone to giving up a lot of runs, you know he added a slider and uh, he went. He was a, a long reliever for a little while, and I think maybe he'll have a little bit more fire this time around, knowing that he doesn't want to go back to that purgatory that is being a, a middleman. Well, he's always
1: bounced around, right? He's always gone from starter to reliever. He started last year as a starter as well. Um, and I find myself owning him all times throughout the year, whether he's a starter or not. I do think that there's great value to be had, even if he just pitches three innings at a time every fourth day or so. Um, I really like what Frey Peralta can do. I, I'm rooting for him. He's signed actually to a long-term contract. Um, so I hope he does well in the starter role. Uh, and uh, he's someone I also put in some, some money for, but did have Trodgers ranked a little bit ahead of him. Um, I hope Freddie can put it together. I've been rooting for him for a really long time. I mean, he's the the stereotypical cherry bomb. So if he can stop bombing and be all cherry, that'd be great. There you go. Um, maybe the biggest
0: surprise of all of the pickups was Spencer Turnbull and uh, Mike Fears both going for a dollar.
1: Wow. Who'd they go to? It does to?
0: take a. a
1: it, it went to Eric. Wow. Darvishes.
0: That's another thing we could talk about. We got a, a name change. Do you know what that's a reference to?
1: And it's a whirling dervish. Is a like a karate move? Whirling dervish. Uh, uh, it's a form of meditation, maybe. I don't know.
0: Weirdly enough, I like it better than Jose Reyes. So,
1: weirdly enough, yeah, I did get text saying that Eric's name was not Eric enough. Yeah. Um so Daniel uh, was should, disappointed in it. Yeah, he should Eric fight it a little bit more. Yeah. I think. Maybe we can help him with that.
0: Add some corny puns to it.
1: Yeah, you just have to add something to it. Uh whirling Whirling Deverish. Yeah. He has well, Devers and well, he has Darvish. He could work something. You guys like.
0: are you guys are brothers for a reason. With brains like that. Look at what you can come up
1: with together. I mean, he has story. He didn't use story as a pun. (laughs) I guess it was too easy. It's not a pun. It's just a word. (laughs) It's too bad he didn't draft a kill (laughs) Badoo. All right. Anything else you want to cover? I think we're we're just over an hour into the podcast, so uh, if there's nothing else, we can sign off and say until next time.
0: I think we're good. I think it was a fun draft. Thanks everybody. I think everybody brought their A game, minus you know, Nick Morano. <laughs> oh Get God!
1: Up. Well, um, Jeff didn't bring his <laughs> game, so he didn't bring his. We game. all brought our A game for Jeff. We did. I did think
0: it was really funny the uh, the voting process for his picks. I thought that was really funny.
1: But um, no, someone. I think, I think we could leave it off. So I was speaking to someone who did say that the voting process for Jeff did end up stealing a couple of their picks they wanted to make. So I guess we did oh, a good yeah. job. There you go. Cool. Alright, so you want to take us home and sign off? You want to drop your Uh, Twitter handle?
0: No Twitter. Uh, No nothing. You can follow you uh, on Twitch? (laughs) No. Um, You can just follow me on Fantrax, MLB MVPs. You can look at me. You can see me ahead in the standings. You know, you can look at my team. You can use it as a blueprint. You can pray to it every night. You can do whatever you want. Um, But no, I think everybody did a good job this year. Good draft. We did it in a probably one of the quicker amounts of times and uh, proud of everybody. I think everybody learned stuff,
1: brought something new and um, I think it's going to be a fun season. So I'm
0: excited to see where this opening
1: day takes us. Couldn't Anything else have said? us? Nope, I couldn't have said any better myself.
0: Alright, man. Well, thanks everybody for listening.
1: Hope you enjoyed. And uh, the new Among Us map drops on Wednesday. So everyone keep yeah. that in mind.
0: If anybody wants to play, well, let us know.
1: We'll kill you in fantasy and kill you in Among Us. Hey. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll uh, catch you soon.